2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mick Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mick Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18-plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
0: This is Chief Conti of the Metropolitan Police Department, and I need your help to curb impaired driving. This highly preventable behavior is the cause of almost half of D.C.'s traffic fatalities. Let's commit to never drive under the influence and always have a plan for a sober ride. D.C. police are enforcing impaired driving laws, so don't risk an unnecessary DUI. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and the Metropolitan Police Department.
2: Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman and co-hosting with me today will be Scott Tanfield and John Cummins from Friends of Fulham. This is a special episode entitled The State of Fulham as we will discuss issues surrounding the team right now and where does the club go from here. We have much to talk about before I do anything else though. I always have to welcome my co-host back to the show. It's been a while since I've had these two guys on. First, John, how you doing? Welcome back, my friend.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm doing well, and uh, nice to be back. Nice to talk to you again, Russ.
2: It's great to have you back. I've always enjoyed having you on, and I always enjoy having on Mr. Tanfield. Scott, how are you doing, my friend?
1: Very well, Russ. Um, Same with John. Good to be back on, um, air some opinions, and, and talk for them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we're we're all going to have some very interesting <laughs> opinions here. Definitely. So let's get right into it. We're going to start by talking about Savisa Jokonovic and there's been speculation, guys, that on the Daily Mirror, they started this off by saying he might only have two matches basically to prove himself. And then Sky Sports denied this uh, claim in the Daily Mirror that, that the club was denying that. So that's kind of where we are right now with this speculation. So, John, I'm going to start with you. Yeah. Do you think his job is in jeopardy?
0: Um, I think his job is in jeopardy as much as it ever was. Um it's a results business and obviously we're not doing anywhere near as well as anyone wants us to. Um, but do I think he's got two games? No, no, it, it's got longer than that. Um, I, I, I think that uh, the Khans will look at the, the overall project and, and know that he's got till Christmas at least. Um, there's no point in, in getting in anyone sooner. They couldn't do a better job than he's doing.
2: Okay, let me ask you this, and then I'll go to Scott. My contention in this, I think that Slavisa's job shouldn't be in jeopardy. I don't think it is at this point because of how the cons do their business. That's just my opinion. We can go back to their first year when they were chopping and changing, and and that's a valid argument. But uh, I think that they will be patient. I think that they believe in Slavisa, so that's why I'm going where I'm going here. John, my point in this is I think he should be judged once say Kearney comes back the players have played a, a lot longer with him and you know I listen I understand if, if we're talking about this in December and January but I don't think that we should be talking about it now what are your thoughts about the fact that he really hasn't had a, a full strength squad yet especially Kearney I think Kearney has been vital to uh fall last season I think he's going to be vital this season what are your thoughts about that do you think It's fair to judge him on on not having his team yet.
0: Uh, Yeah, I I agree. um, Kearney is um, a talisman. He's a touchstone. He's not the best player I've ever seen play for Fulham. He's certainly not the best player in the Premiership. But he's a player that when he plays for Fulham, the whole team just ticks. There's something about him. I I don't know what it is. I just think he's he's far more important than just being a good footballer. Yeah, I agree. Um and yeah, we we've been really unlucky I mean the the fact that the the entire back four hasn't been settled at, at all through injuries suspensions what have you um it, it's a really difficult situation and I know that Slavisa's job is to manage that and some can argue that he hasn't done that very well. Sure. I mean, results would, would tend to prove that. But I think he's doing the best with what he's got. Um, and at the moment, it's just not good enough.
2: No, it's not good enough. And and uh, I completely agree with that. Anyone that thinks that I think the job that he's done or the players that have done is good enough, uh, you're 100% wrong. I think it's been poor. And I'm going to say that. I, no question about it. Do I think that he deserves more time? That's just my thoughts on it. I remember last season and he was given some time to work things out. It eventually worked out. But he's I understand
0: that the, as well. What with was that past, John? The past two seasons. Yes, the past two seasons. Correct.
2: Correct. All right, Scott, I want your thoughts on the situation with Silvisa. Do you think his job is in jeopardy? Your thoughts.
1: Um, after the Cardiff game, I think once the dust is settled, I mean a lot of fans, I mean for me personally, kind of see that as the, the Burton game last year: uh, yes. lack of effort, lack of desire, uh, lack of passion from you know the the players, and, and a lack of motivation from the coach on substitutions. You know, madness all over the pitch. And I think, from a fan's perspective, um, you know, we jump to conclusions that you know that's it. It's you know, it's all over. We're going to get relegated. You know, and we all we all calm down and we look at the you know sure. the, the valid points of you know what's been going on. And if you ask me now. I think very heated after the Cardiff game. Looking at it now, no, I don't think his job's in depth. Has he got the next two games? Probably not. Like you say, he's probably got up until around about the Christmas mark because, regardless, whoever you try and bring into work with what you've got, I mean, they can't buy anyone. Um, You know, all they can try and do is maybe settle the team that they've got. And are they going to improve things vastly? Um, Not really. so I think the only option, uh, based on Khan's on McCall's history, is that it'll probably stick with him, and uh, he'll get a run up till probably around about the Christmas time.
2: Okay, very good there, Scott. I, I just want to mention a poll that I did earlier today, and it had a good amount of votes. It had 604 votes, and the question wasn't obviously it was for us for this show: should Fulham replace Jokonovic right now? And yes was only at nine percent. And no was at 91%. And, Scott, you know, again, uh, I've seen other polls that weren't even this high. Do you think as farther we get removed from the Cardiff City match, everyone seems to calm down a little bit, and maybe that's why these numbers continue to grow? Because I saw them around 80 to 85% in some polls. This one was 91%.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you looked at it straight off the Cardiff game, probably ninety-nine percent would have wanted him gone. One percent would have kept him. I mean, that's that's how sure. people fans are. Um sure. no, I mean, I was probably I was probably the same. Um, but you've also got to remember, when it comes to Salvesa, he's um, th- there's a kind of a favouritism uh, vote there as well. A lot of people like him as an individual. Yep. Um, You know, sometimes they vote with their heart rather than their head. They look back at past times in the prem- in, in the Championship, and you know. And, and a fair play to the guy. You know, he got us up where he did. You know, he's played some of the most exciting football we've seen at Fulham since Pisana days. And, um, you know, pe- people like that. And then when you come to the decision like this, they look at it purely based, you know, on, on a sort of heart over head um, situation. And, unfortunately, like John was saying, you know, this is a results business. Um, yeah. And it hasn't been great since we've returned. Um, we had that win against Burnley. But, I mean that back four, um, you know, was changed every single game, you know, there's been some odd decisions made. Um, people have been kind of pointing the finger. Um, you know, does he really know how to set his teams up defensively? Um the Premiership is a completely different kettle of fish from the championship. He has no experience there.
0: Absolutely. You know, some
1: some some fans are saying that, you know, he, he doesn't he doesn't know how to coach within that division. And, you know, I look at it on the fact that yes, you know, he can turn this around but we don't have as many games we also don't have games like Burton away um Barnsley away or Sunderland away um you know this is the premiership you know you you make five or six bad mistakes and if you're bottom come christmas we all know what happens
2: i'm very aware of that my friend it's funny because that really tells you everything that you need to know the uh record at christmas time if you're in the bottom 3 is uh Pretty strong. And I, I remember Fullman two thousand thirteen being in that situation and we all know how that ended up. John, I want to get your thoughts on this because there's a part of me that remembers the last two seasons. You brought this up that I look at what he's doing right now, it seems like he's searching for solutions. The last match is just proves that to me because he goes basically with four center backs and it didn't work. And it brings me back to last season when he did the crazy thing with Stefan Johansson that honestly did not work. So should we just be giving him more time and just understand that he is at least trying to find the solution rather than being pigheaded, just being very stubborn. I don't think he's being stubborn here, John. I'm curious your thoughts on this.
0: No, I agree. I uh, Well, I think he's being forced into making changes that if, if he had a hundred percent fit squad, I don't think he'd be chopping and changing every week. He, he's not, Claudio Ranieri, he he wants to keep a, a steady team, and he we saw that in the the second half of last season. Once he got it ingrained into everyone exactly what their role was, exactly what their job was, and everyone knew, clicked. They knew what the whole what it was all about. We got the results, and it kept on going. Um, and I think that's what he's trying to do. I think he's he's just trying to hit that. Uh, that magic lineup that he knows that if he plays these guys in these places we're okay
2: right listen that's why I'm willing to give him more time I'm with uh, you know I guess you could say I'm I'm with the 91% that believes that it will come good based on history but John Scott brings up a very good point there's only a limited amount of time that we can have this attitude you know and I've said the only time that I would switch managers if we were in dire straits meaning that it looked like there was a very good chance that we would get relegated then i would make the change so i understand where scott's coming and like you said it's a results business that the cons have to look at it so would you agree with scott that if we're like in trouble in say christmas time then that's when it would happen if it's going to happen
0: um if it was me the answer would be no i'd keep it even if we get relegated um, i keep him because I know that he'd get us back again. Okay.
2: That's and a
0: very interesting it, point. It's, we, we need to show stability within the club. Okay. And he is the best manager I've seen since uh, Tigana. The, the, okay. He's better than Roy. He plays certainly far more exciting football. Yeah, we're going to get beat quite a bit, but actually... <laughs> when we go on a run like we did last season, I can't ever remember anything like that. I, okay. and I, my first game at Fulham was 1966.
2: Wow. That's very interesting. Scott, I, w- I want your view on this because um John said something that actually I've heard from another co-host. Mike Gregg has actually said that he would stick with him. Even uh, if we got relegated for a similar reason that John just said, because he believes that he could get us back up that, We've uh, established this style. What are your views on that?
1: Yeah, I mean I've I mean I look at this both ways. I mean, you look at it from a business perspective and the Khan's are gonna want Fulham in the premiership. Um so come Christmas, if you know, we are in a dire position like we are now and the brand of football football's not improved, um, we're still leaking goals and we're on par maybe to concede as many as West Brom that season whilst we spent a hundred million pound. Um, that is surely going to have it on the the owner's face. Um, And I personally think, from a business point of view, they will roll the dice and they will try to keep Fulham in the premiership. However, this is coming back to John's point of view, at that stage you then tend to employ a Sam Anandise-type manager um, that is just purely there to keep you within the division. The brand of football isn't going to be great. If you go down, um, then you've got to start the ball rolling again by finding an attractive manager. Sure. And this is where you look at it and think to yourself, do you know? Do you keep hold of Flavisa? Um I paid close attention to Huddersfield last season. Now, they rate their manager quite highly. Um, he yep. I can't remember his name now. It's a German guy. Um you know his name? Wagner. Yeah. Wagner, Wagner, that's it. Yeah. Um, he signed a contract early. And they had every intention to keep hold of him. I mean, even if I believe Huddersfield went down, they just stayed up, which I think was the aim. Um, But I think they had the mindset that they were going to go down with him anyway, or the floss throughout the. Maybe, you know, Fulham, I mean, we've got to look at it. We, we're not Wolves. We didn't kind of build a Premiership-ready team in a championship. We didn't come up and spend another $100 million or whatever it was. Um, right. You know, the aim for us this season is to survive. Um, regardless of the Cardiff City result of the weekend, um, you know, they're coming down with us whether they like it or not. Um, you know, that is the harsh reality of this. Um but I think from a Fulham perspective, if we're all sensible when we look at it, our you know, our objective should be staying in that division this year. Um, and if we do, as some say, we start working at Riverside Stadium, it's been a great yeah. season.
2: It's a fascinating topic because there are a couple of ways to look at it. I understand where John's coming from, and there's a big part of me, Scott, that agrees with John that you stick with him because the Cons want to play this style. I even saw an interview on promoted Fulham where. Shahi Khan said that that they want to play an attractive brand of football. But when does it become the situation where you throw that away and that you say, you know what, we just want to stay in the division? And listen, I don't want to see Sam Allardyce, but I've heard people saying that just to stay in the division. I want to go to you, John, because I think I know your thoughts on this because you said that you would stick with Savisa. What would you say? How would you feel if they brought in someone like Allardyce in say Christmas time, that they just made the decision just to stay in the division and he would fix it. Um,
0: I, I wouldn't be happy at all. Um, it's not just picking on, on Sam Allardyce because I think he's um, he, he's not a good fit for for Fulham.
2: David I don't think Moore he is,
0: possibly could be. Yeah. Um. And they're the, the two names that I've seen bandied around. Um, but I, I I think it would be a huge mistake. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, you've got to look at teams like Burnley. Um, I mean, Sean Dyche got them promoted from the uh, championship. They were then relegated from the premiership. He then got them prem- uh, promoted again and he's kept them there they're now in Europe. Right. That's the sort of thing that I think that Slavisa could do. See, um, I
2: agree with you on that. I totally agree with you on that. And that, and this is something that Mike Gregg said to me, at uh, the same wavelength as you, about that he believes that if we did get relegated, Slavisa would be able to get us back up, and then we'd probably be in a decent situation. But it's, I understand where Scott's coming, where some other fans are coming, because they want us to stay in the Premier League also the Riverside stand, all of the business part of it goes to Scott's argument. So it's not an easy situation for the cons if we're there and say in Christmas time, but we're not there yet. But it's just something to watch because the team is playing poorly and that's why we are where we are. That's why this is the situation. If you're winning, we're not having
0: this uh, episode, let's be honest. They're in trouble. If we win the next three games, then this discussion doesn't take place. Correct. Absolutely,
2: John. Very good point. All right, guys, let's move on and let's talk about an interview by Tim Ream that was on Sky Sports because I think it kind of goes with talking about Slavisa because it involves Slavisa, and then he talks about something that actually has surprised me a little bit coming from Tim Ream. So I'm going to read the entire quote. You know, again, I, I transcribe this from the Sky Sports interview. And then let's talk about it because I find it fascinating. But it really starts out with him talking about Slavisa, And then he ends up talking about his teammates. So this is the quotes from uh, Tim Ream. Quote, it's never nice when the rumblings of the manager getting sacked or wanting to leave to this, that, and the other in the media. He's the same as always very focused, never satisfied with any one result, never too depressed about any one result either amongst ourselves and those on the outside, questioning do we totally have the fight? Do we have the grit? Do we have the determination? And at this moment of time, I would say no. There's not enough guys who want it, who want to fight for each other, for themselves, for the club. Unquote. Scott, those are quotes from Tim Ream.
1: What did you make of it when you watched it? Yeah, I mean, I'll say that break yesterday. Um and he got quite a bit of interest as we know on social media and uh like the bits and pieces. I mean a lot of us were kind of sort of left with our mouths open that maybe Tim Reim had actually sat there, you know, on a live interview with Sky, um, and had the balls to come out and, and, and sort of gas a lot of this stuff. Um I think towards the end of it, there was, I mean, you might touch on this, Russ, there was something that he come out with as well to say that I think that that kind of um, interview had been slightly manipulated um, in the way okay. that Sky had edited a few bits and pieces from it. Um, and he reckons that if you'd have listened to most of the quotes that Sky had asked him, the, the whole interview would have made sense. However, uh, with the editing, it kind of put sort of words more in his mouth. But anyway, regardless of that, um, yeah, I mean, when you look at the situation, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's right. I mean, we worked so hard to get up last year. Um, and, you know, we, we, we look at the fine determination of this team at the moment and it seems non-existent. I'm sure Cervisa's, um frustrated with it. He looks frustrated. He sounds frustrated. Um, and if you were to take a guess, you could probably say, yeah, there's a couple of players there that are really not pulling their weight, not doing what they were bought to do. Um, you know, so... And this is probably part and parcel of obviously coming from the Championship into great and sort of better players into the side. Right. Um, and you do. We we had it under the old, didn't we, with big signings, not really pulling their weight and just turning up for the money. Um, That's right. You, you know, and I think this has probably stemmed from this run of games that we've had, the frustrations that the coaches you know, the coaches had. Um, and it's got to, and I, and I think this, you know, the, the kind of City game really sort of hit an nail on the head. Um, and yeah, he's come out and said that.
2: Well, let me ask you this, because, again, I don't know how they edited it, how the questions came about, but this started with talking about Savisa. Was this his way of backing the manager and then also basically saying, we're all accountable and basically calling out players that are not pulling their weight? Yeah, a lot to do with Savisa.
1: I mean, we We know that Slovenia is not a man of many words. Um, you know, sometimes you do get sort of transcripts between or, or coming from other players. And you know, as soon as the, the Cardiff game finished, we had Kevin McDonald coming out and yep. saying that it's not acceptable. And to be honest with you, um, he looked and sounded very sincere. Um, you know, Sesanjon came out and said it's unacceptable. Right. We all know that that was unacceptable. I've not seen defending like that since probably back in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, when I had to watch people like Stacey North and Sean Gore and uh, Glenn Thomas, you know, and the is that, that were there we're now watching this in the Premiership. And it's it's not a freak show, you know. This is this is supposed to be a league of elite players, you know. And when something like that happens, obviously, you know, people are not, not going to be happy.
2: Okay, very good. John, what do you make of all of this? Uh, do you see it the way I see it? And again, I don't know how they edit it, but it seemed like to me that Tim Ream was, I guess, in my mind, again, when I watched it, it sounded like to me he was back in his manager and basically saying, as a group, we need to do better. We need more grit. We need more determination. And uh, I was surprised by it. But, you know, again, I think um, there's a lot of frustration there. What What are your thoughts about it?
0: I Well, I, I've not actually seen um, the, the interview, but um, <laughs> I, I – kind of take your take on it as well. I think what he was trying to do um, was to put across that the players really do care um, and they, they care about the manager and they care about the fans and they care about the results and he thinks that they need to do better and everyone knows that. They've got to pull their finger out. They've got to get a bit of luck. They've just got to get it get it right um and it's frustrating for everyone um and if it was my job then it would be frustrating for me um and it's what they do for a living they they can't go home after a a result like a like on saturday feeling good about themselves
2: no they can't i mean listen and that's what's good about this but i'm curious how do you think i was thinking about this afterwards john when his teammates
0: see this interview, how do you think he's going to be viewed? Um, I think so. I think most of them will say, "Yeah, you're right. So and so should do better." That because it's it, it's never you who's who the comments are aimed at, is it? It's always someone else. So I and I I guess it, like any group of fellas that get together, yeah. it will be the scapegoat. It will be you know that. That chambers, he's only here for a short term. He's not, not here permanently, so he's the one to blame. Whether that's true or not doesn't really matter. They it, in the past we've had Jimmy Bullard who would actually go around pissing in someone's shoes just to, to make a point. It's it's a similar sort of thing. Okay, so
2: so do you see this as a positive
0: basically to
2: just get the attention of his teammates to getting gear.
0: Yeah, and uh, but I I I think it's not something that he wouldn't be saying in the dressing room and on the training okay. ground anyway. Okay. I, if it comes as a surprise to any of them, then that would be a surprise to me.
2: <laughs> Scott, what's your thought about all this? Because again, I was surprised by who did this. There are certain players, like I would expect someone like Kevin McDonald doing this. I was a little bit surprised that Tim Ream did this. But do you think that this could end up being a positive for Fulham if the players see this interview with him? And uh, it really just gets underneath him that, yes, everyone's accountable. I need to be more accountable.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you'd hope so. Like John was saying, you know, you can't, I mean, it's taken nothing away from Cardiff City. Um, I mean, they've not spent anywhere near the money that we've spent, uh, but on the day, they wanted it more. Um, yep. And under Colin, we know that they're going to scrap and they're going to, um, you know, they're going to fight for points. Um, you know, and if anybody was a better man, they will be coming down with or without us. Um, and that's a harsh rally, But you can't go turning up um, and putting in performances like that. And like John was saying, you cannot play 90 minutes worth of football and leave that field, um, travelling home and feeling happy with yourself. No. If any of them individuals were, um, then they shouldn't be at the club, realistically. Um, and like John was saying, the problem that you do get is that some people are on loan. Um, they're not there permanently with the club. And you kind of do get them attitudes sometimes. Um I'm not picking on Chambers. I think everyone had an awful game that day. I mean, there's even kind of discussions that Tim Ream wasn't the best player on the park that day. Um, and, you know, how dare he have a nerve to sit there and come out with that when he was kind of at fault with one of the goals. Um, you know, you have Marcus he's, you know, slicing kicks out for corners, yeah. um, you know. Callum Chambers, you know, it 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 was a catastrophe across the whole of that back, and I've not seen defending like that for a while, Russ. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's that, and I mean, even like the midfield, the midfield as well. We know Kevin McDonald's quite strong uh, verbally and physically as an individual, but that midfield went missing. You know, you having players like Art are cutting through our midfield, um, you know, and this is things that, that, that shouldn't be happening. And, and on that day, apart from say maybe a bit of effort from. Um, Cessignon and the wonder yeah. goal from Sherl, who's not actively, you know, a ninety minute player himself, that whole team, you know, needs to actually set up and take account for what happened that day totally including agree. the coach. Totally. because on that yeah, because on that day well, we we look at some of the decisions that were made from sort of, visa and you yeah. sit there scratching your head and thinking, you know, well you take Siri off but then you put a Yuta on him. on what the hell was he doing? <laughs> when it was screaming out. For a Kamara type player yep. to actually sort of hustle their defence, it was wrong from start to finish. From the goalkeeper sure. to the whole to the thing was an epic it, fail, it, Scott. It, it was it, it was wrong, and it, and everyone should you know be taken into account for that day, not not just individuals.
2: I totally agree, and uh, it's funny because I'm used to that here with the team I follow. Basically, when they lose, it's everyone. Even the head coach will blame himself, blame the coaches, blame the players. He will blame everyone because if you Win as a team, you lose as a team the same way, and everyone has a, a piece of that. And, uh, you know, and again, I just found it interesting. I, I like Tim Rehm a great deal. I was just surprised that he was the one saying it. I just wasn't expecting that from him. Maybe he's more vocal, you know, amongst his teammates. It was the first time I heard him say something like that, but it shouldn't shock me because other players have done that in the past, and sometimes you get a reaction and it's a positive one. And That's what I hope comes out of this uh, interview with Tim Rehm. I thought it was powerful, and I hope everyone gets the message because, like you said, Scott, everyone is to blame for what's going on. Everyone, not just Slavisa, the players as well. And that's going to leave me now to talk about the players. How much of the slow start, Scott, do you put on the players? We've already talked about Slavisa. Let's talk about them just in general. How much is on them?
1: Um, I mean, you, 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 it's, for me, it's an equal split. Um, okay. You know, at the moment you've you, you've got a situation. I thought you've got a situation where you know, sort of, still trying to find his, his his back four. You know, he's got injuries. You know, he's had to sort of total things around. You know, but I feel that there's probably players there, you know, that, that should be playing that shouldn't. Um, you know, so he's got to foot 50% of the blame. You know, for me, it's got to be it's got to be a 50-50% split here um, okay. until one or the other starts showing a bit more kind of commitment. Um, they're both going to get the blame from me with an equal split.
2: Okay. John, your view on this. How much do you put on the players? Scott goes 50-50 with Savisa and, and obviously his coaches underneath him. That's part of his uh, sure. coaching staff. What are your thoughts how
0: much do you yeah, put on I, the players? I, I, I think it's pretty much a 50-50. I, I'd say it's slightly more on the players because they're the guys on the field doing, meant to be doing the job. Um, and whether it's lapses of concentration, which we've seen an incredible amount of this season so far, an unusual amount. Yeah. Um, whether If some of the new guys don't understand the system, you can argue that.
2: Do you think it could be the division as well that they just don't, Get the uh, elite level that they're playing. I mean, they understand it. But they don't understand that until they've experienced it that they can't get away with things that they would in other leagues.
0: Um, possibly, um, but but that that wouldn't have accounted for Saturday's game. No, <laughs> um, no absolutely not. not. A
2: long
1: way. <laughs> uh,
0: and, and and the other point good point, that, you know, with. Um, with, with Chambers, I, you know, I, I don't want to pick on him, but oh, no. you know, he's he plays for Arsenal, and you know what the hell's going on there? Um, it could be argued because he's with us that that the Arsenal powers that be don't think he's good enough, um, but that you know that wasn't true last season. Um, but I, I I don't understand how the the defensive side has gone or suddenly got so bad all of them they they are all of them have been terrible and i don't really understand why
2: okay well i think i, I think, I, go I think ahead,
1: there's Scott. an answer to i think there's uh, there's an answer to that um i don't, I don't want to butt in but i just oh, i go ahead Scott, please saying but but the, I think the problem that we got is, and we all we all know where this is going to stem from. And we, you know, we we got rid of Gray or yeah. Gray left his contract. we right right. to go, go And the bottom line is, we've drafted in Parker, who I like. He's a great guy. He's fantastic to have around the club, but he's not a defensive coach. And you know, we have gone from having somebody that come into the club that got us. You know, defensively sound and people working together to basically sort of say, no, well, I going to tell you what, we're going to go up a level now, but we're not even going to consider bringing in another offensive coach of any quality. We're going to try and work with what we've got. And all of those people there that you've got, the coaches, including Savisa, including Parker on the bench, do not have any kind of quality or, or experience of coaching within the Premiership. Um, and that's where I think, you know, a majority of that is stemming from because when okay. you need to go back to basics to say to yourself, this is what we've got and this is what we need to work with, you can clearly tell that when you have time on that training park and you look at obviously what's going on out there, that that has not been worked on. Um, it, it's flaws within your business, you know? Yeah.
2: No, very good point. And, John, over to you, Scott, went exactly where I was going to go because I've said this so many times on uh, Cottage Talk and – People tell me that I, I'm wrong about continuing to bring up Stuart Ray, but I think it's just – it's obvious to me. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not there in training, but why not have a defensive coach? I know Scott Parker is is doing some of the duties. Ryan O'Donovan mentioned that in his uh, latest article, but Scott brings up a good point. He's not a defensive coach. Why not get a specialist?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we need something. We need someone. It's um... – is George Graham still alive? You know the old Arsenal coach.
1: I'm not even sure if he is. To be honest
0: with you, I can't remember. Because he 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 would be the the guy who we'd need because his Arsenal team, although they really didn't win very much, they certainly didn't concede many goals. But it is yeah. it is it is a put a foot through the ball or through the player or whatever. We need Hangland and Hughes type partnership back.
2: Yeah, we don't have that right now. No
0: and um oh. hangland on his own the moment. yeah
1: <laughs> yeah hangland on
0: his own wasn't wasn't <laughs> as good as people no, make out aaron Hughes on his own wasn't as good as people that was a partnership out, but the partnership was superb yeah and the, i mean we haven't had the, the same two center backs play uh each, yeah each time for um for any game so I was kind of hoping that it would be Rehman and, and uh, Mawson, um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. That's what
2: I think it'll eventually be, John. I hope that it gets to that point. But listen, at the beginning of the season, I thought it was going to be Chambers and Mawson. And yeah. right now, I don't know if that's going to be the case. But I think Savisa needs to find his two center backs. He also needs to find his two fullbacks. I think he has them. Yeah. And, and Brian and uh and Mensah. That's what I think. And until we see a settled back four, I have a feeling we're still going to see issues. But I'm going to go back to what Scott said. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, why not bring in a defensive specialist as a coach that can work with, with these guys to get them to gel and to work on all of their issues and go back to the basics? I'm glad that Scott had mentioned that because whatever's going on right now isn't working, and it's not fluid. And you know, and again, I can talk about the injuries. Of course, I've mentioned the injuries to the fullbacks and and the center backs, and I've always talked about Kearney. But at some point, you have to come together. And right now, it does start there. But it, you know, again, it it all intertwines. You know, of, of course, we have it starts with defense, central midfield, and then you go up front. And right now, it's it's a giant mess, guys.
0: Yeah. So let me let me well, ask you this, John. R- Real well, one quick thing, on, go yeah, ahead. I was saying about the injuries. Yes. In theory, they shouldn't make any difference. Because we've got a backup. We've got True. two players for each spot. True. But it ain't working at the moment.
2: No, it's not. It's it's definitely not. And uh it's funny because um I was thinking about this and I didn't think it would be an issue this season. I'll ask you guys both because we are talking about the players. Obviously, we're focusing a great deal on the back four, and I've mentioned Tom Kearney. So, John, what is a common thread from our slow start last season and this season? I would argue that
0: the common thread is Tom Kearney's injury. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Well, the, the, that and uh, Ryan Sessegnon playing at left back this not is further true. up the field. This is true. Uh, the the issue at left back, that's a great point too. The, the, those two things changed. the the shape of the team and the way that we can actually break out.
2: It's a great point. Scott, what are your thoughts on that? I know we're talking about different divisions, but if we're talking about this team in Savisa style, why isn't it working? And I I point to Kearney, but John just brought up a good point. Obviously, we have issues at the back, but you have the situation at left back with with Brian being injured. And then, of course, you've had Cessna have to play that role. Are those the common threads that you see as well?
1: I think I think we've got a couple of issues here. And okay. I think yes, Kenny has a massive impact. Um, you know, people raved about Siri coming on ball for the money that we paid, but he's not really a kearney type player. He's um, he's not a player we, with Kenny. He tends to sort of hold the ball a little bit higher up in midfield, and he allows people to come in around him, uh, make movements, whether it's you're you're attacking full-backs or whether it's your actual forward line, or even somebody like Siri that you can boom, boom, one or two passes, you know, you give it to his feet and he can kind of, you know, sort of attack from just behind the centre forwards. Um, One thing I have noticed with the Fulham side that if you said to me we started with this team, you know, sort of beginning of the season, I would have told you to get off somewhere. But if you imagine... Coming into the Premiership and then saying that your engine in midfield at the moment is McDonald with Johansson, oh. that's never going to work. No, and you know they, you're never going to have the quality there to produce anything within the Premiership. And, uh, and those guys are great, at, but
2: they're Championship players, Scott. That's the bottom line. No, no, no.
1: I, I totally agree. And you're not, you're not going to, you know, the, the levels of them players are them levels. And unfortunately, I know that we're trying to uh, reward people with contracts and you know, I'm them yep. game time within. The premiership, but unfortunately, there is a level that you play to. and yeah. No wonder you, you set up against Cardiff and, you know, Art has run in the midfield because you've got, and it's nothing against the players, you've got yeah. Johansson, you've got Kearney there, and then you've got Siri literally getting no. Um, again fed from nobody um and then that makes him redundant. Makes him redundant it then makes your forward line redundant. So it does kind of go through the team and I'll be yes. interesting it'll be interesting to see come Bournemouth whether you know introducing Kearney back into that side actually does improve us. However right. okay. the however the back line regardless of whatever you do is your point of defence and you know you can't keep chopping and changing that oh, game box. You've only got what you've got. Um, you've got to set that up. You've got to work with it. And you've hopefully got to get yourself to January where you can maybe buy an acquisition to maybe improve it for the rest of the season. Um, But that's where I feel that I need to be going with this.
2: Okay. Very good there, guys. All right. To finish up, let's talk about something that I said I would not talk about on Cottage Talk, but everyone else is talking about it. I said I wouldn't (laughs) use the R word. Let's throw out the R word because... I think, you know, and again, especially if, if we get to Christmas time, like you said, Scott, that's the barometer. Unfortunately, if we're in the relegation zone in Christmas, that's real danger. That's something to be concerned about. So I understand people being worried. I'm one that doesn't feel that we're going to be in a relegation battle. I'm sticking to it. But, Scott, I'm going to start with you. Do you think Fulham will be in a relegation battle, not just right now, but throughout the season? Or do you think we'll eventually figure it out? I'm curious your view on this.
1: You've always got to look at it a little bit. Now I'm going to take this from another angle, Russ. I always okay. do. Um, <laughs> you know, you've got to look at it and say to yourself, "Are there three worst teams in Fulham at this moment in time?" I and think if, there you are. Bit, and <laughs> if you ask me, and if you if you and if you ask me at this moment in time, I'm going to say no. I'm going okay. to say we probably are. We probably are the third worst team in that division. Okay. Huddersfield, Newcastle, and Fulham at this moment in time, um, after the defeat at Cardiff you know, um, with the desire that they should. Right, at the this gun, time. I understand. I
2: understand
1: that. Um, and we currently are. And unless things improve and we kind of get a settled back for, then I probably feel we'll still be down there. My my thoughts haven't changed. I still think okay. sort of, you know, 15th, 16th. Um, but unless we start working on, you know, that defence and we start unifying that team, then I think the only way is going to be down for us at this moment. So,
2: Okay. Over to you, John. Your thoughts on this? Do you see Fulham in a relegation battle throughout the season, and could you potentially see Fulham getting relegated?
0: Um, No, I can't. I, I, I think that there are more than three teams worse than us, Um, even after uh, Saturday's result. And it, it, I think Cardiff are a worse team than Fulham. I know that we lost. You know, we they beat us. by far more goals than they should have done. But we are a better team than Cardiff. We just didn't turn up on the day. So something's got to happen there. We the, Once we start playing, we proved last season and the season before, once we start playing, we become a pretty impressive team. And it, it was interesting, earlier in the week, there was... Um, some articles on Wales on the Wales Online news a newspaper and um, yep. the I think it was the Mag the the um, the Newcastle one, and they were saying about three worse teams than either Newcastle or Cardiff, and both of them said that they didn't think Fulham would suffer. They thought that Fulham would finish higher than both of those teams. Interesting. So Interesting. They, and they're guys who I, – I think Newcastle win, are, are in real trouble. I think I, others I are in real trouble. And I think this, this result um, is like Burton's result last year for Cardiff.
2: Okay. Very good there, guys. Okay. And like I said, my view is uh, I don't see us getting relegated. Maybe I'm just too much of a glass half full, guys. I, I see them eventually figuring out – I look at the track record from the last two seasons with Slavisa – eventually he figures it out but i have scott in my brain saying well this is the premier league i have a little voice at scott Danfield saying it's the premier league russ and i understand that but there was
1: there was a stat russ i don't know if you see seen yeah. the 20 the, the 25 goals that we've conceded so far yeah 20 of those have been down to it's either individual errors yeah. or mistakes in a game right. we've only we've only actually conceded five goals from open play, the 20 that we've received have come from individual errors or mistakes. Cardiff City had only scored three goals in a whole season leading up to our game. They <laughs> put four past us in 90 I know. minutes. I know. Phil Town haven't scored at home since April. Who is their next home game? I know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know, Scott. I know. I know. That's that's the scary part, guys. That That is the real scary part. Guys, before we go, I'm going to leave you with a couple of interesting thoughts here. I actually had the privilege of going on the uh, Premier League fan zone that's actually shown all over the world, whatever reason it's not shown in England. And they have on some great guests, and the guest that they had on today when I came on was Steve Sidwell. Well, funny thing, he was talking about uh, the most gifted player on film. He said Tom Kearney, I said Ryan Sessionian. and Then he started talking about this season – And he said, said, Russ, I watched the Cardiff City match, and I actually interrupted him and said, Steve, I'm sorry to hear that. And he just started to laugh, Scott.
1: (laughs) Good good guy,
2: Steve Simo. Seriously, good guy. I've talked to him a few times on the Premier League Fan Zone. I could just tell he actually wants to see Fulham do well. And, uh, you know, again, he he actually asked me if I thought they were in danger of relegation, and I told him no. And uh, I still feel that way. Talk to me after Christmas. I might have a different story for you. But right now, this is how I feel, and uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. But um, uh, guys, before we go, obviously you guys are both with uh, Friends of Foam. Scott, tell me what's been going on lately with Friends of Foam. What what's been trending? I'm curious.
1: <laughs> um, it's been quite busy to be honest with you, Russ. We we kind of hit a bit of a sort of um, a low with, with traffic due to international break or whatever. But we, yeah. I mean, the last sort of week or so it's been quite busy I mean we when we tend to do poorly we we get busy periods because everyone wants to come and have a rant and a a moan and you know they sort of want to pick apart um, obviously you know the game and everything else so uh, but no as as we've said before it's it's always a place that remains um, sort of stable in regards to conversations I mean trending at the moment as we all know is um, obviously Tim's Ream's interview the other night um, you know the a visa a conversation which we're having today yep. um we've got a young chap i don't know if you've seen him i'll give him a quick shout while we're on uh blue co oh, his name is uh, that's doing all of these um kind of vlog things he does now by himself the video ones he's, oh good he's, yes he's, he's doing a bit for friends of me. He, he sort of does his pre and post match uh kind of vlogs and he's, he's quite a passionate fan he's, he's really good to watch can that. i say something about,
2: about that scott can i comment on yeah. that he does an excellent job. I just want to say that. I've watched all of them. He does an excellent job. Tell him just to keep up the good work, seriously.
1: Yeah, it's uh, for me, it's a personal fan. It's not a group. It's an individual. He's passionate. Yes. And, um, you know, and I feel he brings something. So, um, he does. He's he brought us a bit of life as well, you know. So
2: Absolutely. John, how about you? What, what have you noticed on Friends of Long? And then we'll wrap this up.
0: Yeah, well, at the moment, it, it's all doom and gloom. and We need to sack everyone and start again. <laughs> but that's... That's Fulham fans wherever, I guess.
2: Okay. Very good. Guys, great show. Thank you for doing this. I always, always find, after I talk to the two of you, I, therapeutic in some way. Because the two <laughs> of you are different, and I actually really enjoy it. Uh, and hopefully I can get you guys back on soon. And please do go to friendsoffulham.com and check out website. I go there every day. And actually, Scott, I know I've told you this, but I've been using it very often in the uh, post-match shows. I've, I've been using your Man of the Match thread and uh, it's actually been very good because I, I, I mentioned some of the people posting and, and the results of the polls and uh, it's been good. I'll, I'll continue to do that. I always find it interesting some of the uh, comments after the match. I didn't do it in the yeah. last match because I didn't think that Fulham no. deserved a man well, of the match.
1: <laughs> no. Well, I, I usually I usually post, um, so as soon as we finish, it's already pre-populated, so as soon as the game's done I've built yeah. it and apart from a couple of substitutions I had it and then as soon as I'm walking out the Grand Bosch, it's on there. Cardiff, I thought I'm not going to wind them up today. I'm going to leave it. <laughs> so I left it a day. <laughs> well,
2: what's interesting about the poll and the comments is that when I go through them, and I've been doing this since the beginning of the season, just going through them, they're very accurate. They're very accurate to how I feel about after the match. So you know, again, that makes me feel good that my views after watching a match, many are obviously there, that they kind of match up. and also, you know, again, it's. Um, it's good to see what other people think, and not everyone agrees on Man of the Match, and that's always interesting, but I'm talking about the ratings. Well, I'm, I shouldn't say ratings of, of um, who people are voting for, for Man of the Match. So, anyways, guys, fantastic show, but we do have to wrap this up. For my co-hosts, Scott Tanfield and John Cummins from Friends of Film, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougal share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.